You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Here we are in the middle of Ice Apocalypse uh, 2015 in Dallas, Ice Fort Worth, again. which means uh, it's this is going to be interesting because here I am at, in the studio with Jeff, and uh, via, mm-hmm. via Skype we've got Joel Bernson. Uh, the technology, yeah, We're in a world of technology, folks. That, that's right. So now we, we've got no no visual cues to, to work off of. Uh, this, this is going to be this is going <laughs> to be right. something special, Joe. You know. Maybe well enough. We've we've been around each other enough. You could probably picture my 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 face. That's not talking. So I'm sure the listeners uh, can, if you know what my ugly mug looks like. Familiar with it? <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm gonna just cut right to the chase on this thing. Uh, we uh, we checked out a movie, and I, I said last week, like this is a movie that uh, if there's ever something that makes me seem like kind of a, a film blowhard, that like I'm like, man, you just don't get it. Like if I've ever said you just don't get it. Uh, more about a movie. It's been about Speed Racer. Uh, talking to people, people like, man, that movie was a piece of shit. And I'll respond with, man, but you just don't get it. It's it's so good. It's so fun. Um, so so that was what I wanted to do this week. And uh, and what's funny is when we first started doing this podcast, I know you and I had talked about Speed Racer like kind of in passing while talking about other movies. And you had even said, like, I remember you saying, like, oh, yeah, that movie's fantastic. And then as we started gearing up, getting closer, as we started gearing up, getting closer, because I could go back and even talk about specific episodes where you had actually Mm -hmm. said, yes, that's a fantastic movie. Now, as we got closer to recording this episode, you kind of started backpedaling a little bit on it. So I'm very interested to find out where we stand here. Fantastic. I think there may be a bit of revisionist history happening here. I I remember liking it. I remember thinking there were some, some admirable things about it. Um, uh, but I wasn't sure how it would hold up because I saw it, um, like right when it was released on video, Uh um, didn't see it in theaters. You saw this in theaters, didn't you? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And were you excited about it? Like it's something you've been. No, when I went to see it, no, I I wasn't excited about it. And, uh, and, (laughs) and that, that may be even more of a reason why I ended up really liking it because I went in with low expectations and it, it surpassed what I was expecting. Uh, but I've this is a movie that I've seen, you know, several, several times. And every time I watch it, I enjoy it. Does that mean it doesn't have its problems? No, right. <laughs> but but it is a movie that I absolutely enjoy and I think is uh, kind of breathtaking in its presentation. It is. No. You, yes, I enjoy it. I, uh, I think we're going to agree on, on several fronts. I enjoy it. Uh, you know what else I think we agree on? You, Joel, you know what else I think we agree on? That, Joe, what? that we are the editing bay here on the Next Wave Radio Network. Oh, yes. <laughs> My name's Joe. I'm Joe. And, uh, and we're going to talk about movies. And to this week, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Speed Racer. See, you're not here, and so already we're off the game. I have no idea what our routine is. It's a little. Yeah. It's so I, weird. I feel like it's, uh, you know, when, when CNN does a satellite and there's always like a half second delay. I feel like we're experiencing a little bit of that right now. That's we're, right. We're gonna power through. You're like the way our forefathers would have wanted it, Joe. When our forefathers invented podcasting, there was like you know no no ice storm is gonna gonna keep them at bay. Joel, you know what, you know what you are right now. You're Al Roker out on the balcony, 
<laughs> and, and Joe, it's pretty cold out here. There's a lot of snow blowing, and I'm not sure if you can see the scene behind me, but it's just pandemonium. And as the PAs are trying to hold you down from your knees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the story of Speed Racer, really quick. Mm. The story of Speed Racer, it's very much like the cartoon. In fact, this is a live-action cartoon, but it's about, you know, this guy named uh, Speed Racer. And his family, it's, it's, it's a racer family. And the thing is, he kind of fights bad guys. He fights evildoers while in the midst of racing and stuff. And that's, they've kind of tried to build like a bigger story around that for this movie. Uh, but at the heart of it, that's kind of what's going on. You've got Speed Racer, and then there's like this mysterious vigilante racer named Racer X who kind mm-hmm. of helps him in his, in his quest to not only race, but to kind of bring down the evildoers. And that's pretty much what you got. And that, that's what's going yeah. on here in this story. Uh, now, Joe, did you watch the cartoon a I lot? Did. I uh, did. Or at all? Yeah. Growing up, I watched Speed Racer quite a bit. Okay. Uh, I, was, I, I, I saw it, I believe like it came, when did they show it? It was, it was like at 11 p.m. It came on after something. So I never really watched it intentionally, but it was always following whatever I had been watching. I have a feeling um, it would be different for me than it was for you because I watched it when I lived up north. So I'm uh, sure yes. schedules probably would have been different. But like this Speed Racer came on on Saturday mornings. It was kind of like the last charge of cartoons before it got oh, into man. like golf in the afternoon and stuff. Yes. So like mm-hmm. golf and bowling on Saturday or, afternoons. Uh, or like educational TV with the uh, SeaWorld and fucking uh, what's the guy's name? Who's always on Letterman? Who brings the animals on? <laughs> I, Not Jack. Oh Hattie. yeah, 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 yeah. I got who you, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> guy's name, shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know what I'm about? Like the real life crocodile Dundee. Uh huh. No, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it was, but it was one of those. La- <laughs> it was one of those last charges of cartoons, and it was kind of like I, I I liked Speed Racer, but it was also kind of it was like that depressing part of Saturday where you're like, oh man, the fun's about mm-hmm. to end. Oh shit, yep. you know what are we gonna do now? Darkwing Duck is over, and this is, we're left with this uh, 70-year-old cartoon <laughs> yes, made this, in another language. This dubbed cartoon. But, but I liked yeah. it. You know, I, I, I kind of enjoyed what was going on. That's what, that was what my introduction to like Japanese animation, that style, was Speed oh, Racer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and mine uh, came more in the form of like film. You know, there was the Akira. Like, I kind of came to it late you know, in the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, Akira, and what's the other big one? There's like Ninja Scroll. I really got into anime. I went through a heavy phase um, catching some of those movies after they became popular. Right. The cartoons always rubbed me the wrong way, though, and, and it had 100% to do with the dubbing, the audio dubbing. Uh-huh. Like I was never able to fully connect with the way they had to dub it for English because the timing was always off, the way, um, it, it, the pacing of the conversation. And it's something that the first couple of seasons of The Simpsons uh, suffered from, I remember, because, you know, it was all voiced in, in English, obviously. Yes. Uh, but then they would do the animation one in Korea. In or Korea, something. yeah, it was, and um, it was so sloppy. It, it was sloppy, and I remember the, the pacing was always off. It was almost like they were stepping on each other's lines, because I guess the anime, I, I, I guess it was something where they added the voices afterwards. Right, um, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously the which Koreans, is, which is <laughs> English usually, wasn't their first language. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm, I was just agreeing with you. Okay, full stop. I'm gonna have to start saying that. Copy, Roger, and <laughs> over and out. <laughs> over and out. Ten four, big buddy. And maybe maybe um, add the the over. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyway, so I was never able to really connect with those with those old shows um, because every, it it seemed artificial. It seemed foreign. It is foreign artificial. It's a cartoon, um, Joel. That and I know, I know, but I mean, like, also the, the animation style wasn't doing it for me either. And I, I'm not really a car guy. I was never really into cars. So uh-huh. all of a sudden, you know. 
right out of the gate, I had like three strikes going against it. So I, I was not a fan of the cartoon. Gotcha. Um, I don't know that I ever finished a complete episode. Um, but I remember remembered fondly enough so that when the movie came out, I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. Okay, well, for the, for the uninitiated, reason. Speed Racer was very much serialized. It was, uh, yes. it, it, you got some, like, you know, you kind of had, like, a little bit of an A-plot for each episode, but for the most part, the cartoon was very, which is indicative of Japanese animated shows. They were very much yes. serialized, and it would, you know, kind of keep on going. They would, they would always end on a little bit of a cliffhanger to kind of keep you going to the next show. And we got a little bit of that uh, in late 80s cartoon programming, uh, Japanese style cartoons that would come over to that mm-hmm. that we got in America, like Transformers, GI Joe, oh, yeah. Thundercats, Silverhawks. We started to capitalize on that in America in the late '80s with some pretty influential shows. And you know what? Those wouldn't be those wouldn't have been if not for shows like Speed Racer. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. It's, it's certainly and obviously has such a huge following that, you know, they decided to make a $120 million movie out of it. So yeah. I guess they thought the audience was there. Um, right. Which, is, which it wasn't. History on Wikipedia. Like, they were fighting for the rights uh, for this, you know, movie for a while and were trying to get it made. And I think it took them like four or five years to, to get picked up. And then finally the Wachowskis stepped in. I was going to call them the Wachowski brothers, but, you know, yeah. Lana. Lana or Lana? They were Lana. brothers at the time, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure at what year the transformation began. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of feel like if they were brothers at the time, you could still call them the Wilkowski brothers. True. Okay. So then, okay, Wilkowski brothers then. There you go. Uh, And it seems like a dude movie. It's racing, it's cars, it's comic books, all the shit that they're into. Um, Well, I mean, look at it like this. It came out not long after the Matrix movies. And Mm -hmm. and this movie, I mean, not not to give too Uh much away all at once, but this movie is so much like a kung fu movie in Cars. Uh, it, it's, oh God! It's kind, yes. of, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, ridiculous in a way. You know, some of these so, race sequences, you're like Jesus. You know, this yes. is almost like there's one race that almost plays out like the part where Neo is doing the the fight in the the, the, uh, the foyer. You know, where the staircase yeah, is. Yeah, the many. Uh, yeah, it, there there's a part in the race that plays out almost exactly like that. Yeah, there's the things they're doing with the cars. In this in this movie, and and that's probably going to be my, my biggest sticking point uh, with the movie overall. But yeah, they're treating them like weapons. They're spinning around. They're flipping over each other. There's some like James Bond type shit going on. Uh-huh. And I don't remember there being too much of that in the cartoon. I remember the cartoon being fairly cut and dry. Maybe he had like some oil slicks or you know the, the bad guys that did would make the car jump. The bad guys did. Speed had a couple little okay. gadgets, but the bad guys generally did have weapons and stuff on their cars. Okay, so he was playing it straight. He was the good guy, uh-huh. playing by the rules. Yeah, that makes sense. So this movie sets up early on that the stakes are, are, are very, very low as far as these races are going, which is a good thing to do. They, they set up immediately that anytime somebody's in what would normally be a fatal crash, like if this were fucking NASCAR, the body count would just be insurmountable. Well, I, um, I agree and I disagree because within, oh. the, within the first 20 minutes, uh, I, I do agree in the, the – <laughs> this movie I think does a wonderful job but also a potentially confusing job with setting up – the history of all of these characters while at the same time showing a race going on in like modern day speed racer lore you know like you've got a race that's actually going on now quote unquote now but then you're also going back into the into several stages of the past showing the history of the racer family and uh, and it kind of shows what happened with Rex uh, speed's older brother and how he kind of broke away from the family and, uh, and, you know, his folks watching him on TV racing after he broke away and then dying in a race, in a rally race. Uh, and then 
you see r- speed in one of his races and stuff, and like now all the little safety things. And you know, I'm kind yeah. of led to believe, oh, maybe these safety things were kind of put in place because of what As happened to Rex. Yeah, exactly. But no, okay. I agree. There's a, there's so many little like safety things now in the cars where like they get there's they they like get filled up with foam or some shit. Like when when we were watching yes. Doomsday and the elevator was crashing and they did the foam grenade or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I was I was gonna compare it to uh, the Incredibles. Um, oh yes, scene where the father Incredible was like breaking in and he gets shot by these. Yeah, they're like foam. They hit, they expand, and they envelop. At least in the case of Speed Racer, the driver, and they kind of bounce to safety, and then I guess it dissolves at a later point. And so right away, when you've introduced that, that just gives them carte blanche to do whatever they want. You know. In any other scenario, all of these races would be dead. Like yes. the deadliest, you know, one of the deadliest days in motorized uh, vehicles. But um, they're able to kind of write it off as, oh, you know, everybody, everybody survives safely, no matter how much uh, damage. And that's another thing too. What kind of metal are these cars made out of? Because <laughs> they're, you know, they have some dents at the end. But yeah. like, any one of these collisions would cause any normal vehicle to just fly apart into a thousand pieces. You know, we can't, we can't send a space shuttle into space. You know, without it disintegrating, uh, up or you know, at least a one in ten chance upon uh, upon reentry. And yet, these things are bouncing off of each other and flipping around, and there's spikes flying everywhere. That dude, at one point, one of the cars gets impaled, like fuck out, flat yes. out, flips upside down, and impales through what appears to be the cabin of the car. Yeah. Um, but don't worry about it; it's fine. It's all a good. But but good you know, and and the thing is, though, it's like how much of a how realistic are you going to to hold this movie to right. being? You know, when it's based on a cartoon show. Well, not very. And right off the bat, you know, it's presented in a way that's very cartoony. You know, you've got Speed sitting in a classroom, and, you know, the mm-hmm. bell rings, and suddenly, you know, he's, he's, he's surrounded by a bunch of different, like, little, you know, drawings in his imagination. And, you yeah, know, it's it, all it, kind it, of 2D. It, it, yeah. it feels like uh, Yoshi's Islands, remember that video game, Yoshi's Islands, yes. where everything looked like it was hand-drawn by kindergartners? Exactly. I mean, it... If anything, you know, right up, while talking about this, if anything, I think the movie is it, 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 it has a hard time balancing what the tone wants to be. Um, you know, when when it wants to be fun, it wants to be kind of kid friendly. But then suddenly it, it gets deep and it gets it gets very serious. And there is there, some heavy there, shit in here. Sorry to catch you off. But yeah, for, for this being a PG-13 movie, uh, there's some cursing and the, you know, some uh, hyper-realized uh, violence going well, on here. Well, not just, was a little, little intense for a Not just that, but you do. You also have some heavy moments, some some actually like really remarkable moments. Uh, yeah. I kind of wanted to save this for a little bit later, but uh, the, the scene between Speed and Royalton, when, okay, when they, they go and v- visit with Royalton, oh, yes. or Royalton comes to see them first, and then he Let's brings them. Have we talked yeah, about Yeah, okay, what? no, we haven't even talked about him. Sorry. So, so we, we find out, like, Speed has grown up to be a fantastic racer. You know, he, he's, mm. he grew up looking up to his brother Rex, who was fantastic, yeah. but you kind of knew that Rex was maybe a little bit involved in something a little bit over his head, and mm. ended up kind of leaving his family to protect them in a way. To you know, to, to to keep them from getting involved with some bad shit that was following him around, so he left them. But Speed always kind of grew up looking up to him, even though him and uh, Rex and his dad had a falling out. So right. you know, you, you've got this whole thing while you're seeing the backstory. Meanwhile, you're seeing kind of like the specter of Rex racing next to Speed the whole time because Speed. I like that. Speed, I liked it too. Speed is it's about like a Mario Kart when you're yeah, you're racing the ghost. Record. Yeah, you're racing the ghost, and so Speed is about to break his bu- his brother's record, and he lets off the gas just a little bit just to preserve his brother's record on the track by one exactly. second. Yeah, which I think is really great. Showing respect. 
Uh, I like that too because if he wins, then uh, there's there's nothing nothing driving him anymore. Again, no pun intended. Exactly. There's gonna be a lot of driving puns in this episode. <laughs> That's okay, like, man. That's all right as long as you're involved. <laughs> uh, all right, so. <laughs> So we find out that you know Speed is a fantastic racer. He's got all these different sponsors that are trying to get him on board, and you know they've got this little mentality in the house that like sponsors are the devil, and you know they kind of right. tore the family apart a little bit, and so they're very leery of sponsorships coming in. Well, this guy Royalton comes in. He's kind of like he he reminds me of Tim Curry a little bit. Uh, this actor, yes, oh, very much so. Good, <laughs> good call. Uh, and so he comes in and he he's bearing gifts and this you know this smile. Uh, and he invites them to come with him on his private helicopter uh, slash jet or whatever the hell it is to go check whatever, out yeah. to go check out his facility. Uh, and so they go through it, and it's like this breakneck tour where they're like touring not only the the car factory, uh, the the training facility, but then also suddenly there's like this black tie dinner going on at the same time. Yes. And then you know they go into the the luxury suite where they want to just sit down and kind of talk the the business or whatever. Yeah, one thing I will give this movie are the, the transitions, the way it's shot, because, my gosh, what, over 50% of this movie is shot on green screen, if, if not more. Than, if not than more, that. yeah. Um, and so they're constantly doing things where there's almost like a faux virtual camera that's moving, slowly going from the left to the right, and, like, you'll see a close-up of, of Royalton's face or somebody, and the image behind him, he kind of wipes the image off the screen, and you see something. A lot of, they do that, gosh, maybe like a dozen or so times in this movie. Yeah. Long scenes where... Um, just something that you couldn't do if you traditionally shot this film. No other way to do that than to, than the way they present it. And yes. uh, I, I really admired it. I thought I was going to get tired of it halfway through the movie, but uh, they kept a, they kept uh, making it fresh. Yes. And, uh, so that uh, agreed. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And so they have the scene. Yeah, you know, all this working up. They have the scene where Royalton try he offers Speed the deal, and Speed's like, "Well, if you tell me, I got to give you an answer now. I'm probably going to tell you no." And Royalton's like, "No, no, no, no. Wait." give it a week, and then come on back and tell me what you think. And so, you know, Speed thinks it over. Meanwhile, we're seeing what's going on with Racer X, uh, who's the, you know, the vigilante racer, and he's trying, you know, you find out, like, there's this underworld mob boss who's trying to get, like, these, uh, he's got, like, his hand in the racing business or whatever, and he's trying to, you know, Racer X is trying to, he's rescued this other racer, and he's trying to tell people, like, you've got to step up to the mob. Um, And you kind of quite don't know what the hell's going on there yet. Um and so Speed goes back to Royalton and goes to give him his answer. And, it's a great scene. And, well, Joel, I'm going to tell you straight up and honestly, this scene, uh, to me, this scene is close to a perfect scene. Oh, interesting. Uh, at least within the context of Speed Racer, I yeah. think this is the best scene of the movie, and it is a perfect scene for this movie. Um, I'll give you that. It's, uh, it's, it's just two people talking. And it's speed, and he's giving this heartfelt uh, explanation. You know, he, he's it's it's probably Emil Hirsch's best scene in the film. Where yeah, he's great in this. He well, I was impressed by. He's it. got some good moments, but then he's got some really wooden moments as well. Uh, but <laughs> but this is his best moment in the film, where he's he's yeah. really being honest and genuine, talking about like, hey, I really <laughs> appreciate. Uh, you know, what you're offering me. And then he tells the story about him and his father, you know, when he was a little kid, you know, watching a race with his dad. And, you know, then suddenly the, the, the race got them all fired up. And that's when he realized him and his dad racing was in their blood. And that's why, you know, he can't take for granted what it is they have. And he right. just can't turn his back on his family. But he appreciates the offer. And that's when Royalton shows his true colors. And, yeah, which and, I love it because... 
till this point, he's been playing the kind of jovial. I mean, we all know he's the bad guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's he's a mustache twirl yeah. away from just showing the audience, like, <laughs> yes. I am the villain of this film. Uh, yeah. But then he goes but into he's, his he's, bit he's about Braddock, White, face. Wheeler, Kulesbury, Potter, and the 43 Pre. And he goes into this monologue about the unassailable might of money and this is yes. my religion. And it's like a fantastic monologue. It's such a delicious monologue. And I think any actor would want to jump into this. Yeah. But the way that it's shot, Joel, like, the, you know, it, there's so much. It's two people talking. But because of, like you described, the way that it's shot, there's so much motion going on. There's so much forward momentum going on in this scene just because of the way it's dynamically edited and shot and what's going on in the background. It's amazing. It's a real spectacle, and I thought that was gorgeous. I, I agree. I liked it, and it, it's it's the heart of the movie. That's really... Uh, because up until that point, like I didn't really care about any of the characters. It all felt like... Oh, these characters are here. Like Sparky, I never really connected with because it's just like I, I didn't see what he had to do with the plot. But he was in the cartoon, so we have to have him in the show. Yeah. But this is the first time when you're like, oh, this is you know good versus evil. I, I, I feel for the Speed Racer character, and I also love and yet somewhat admire the uh, the Royalton character at the same time. Um, but for every one of these scenes, like you said, that has motion and something happening, um, there are scenes where the announcers. And there are several announcers in this movie, there's, Joe. For there's, every a lot, race. there's a lot of the, um, the announcers. Especially that first one. There's like six because they're trying to do it in different languages and show that it's a, it's a global thing. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of those scenes, a lot of those actors kind of felt like they were mailing it in. Was it just me? And it shot very, you know, on sticks. Uh-huh. I don't know. I've, I, that, I don't disagree. Anytime an announcer came on scene and started giving me some backstory, I was immediately pulled out. Yeah, I don't disagree. Now, I am glad that they threw... Uh, the old guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was the Richard original. He, no, 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 no. The old man who was the, <laughs> the old man announcer uh, at the very beginning. He's, oh, the guy who looks like uh, Stan Lee. He looks like Stan Lee. He's the original voice yeah. of Speed Racer. Oh, no way. Yeah. And then that explains why he was in there because he, he was a horrible actor. <laughs> yes. But he has that whole he has that one line where he's like, I know Rex Racer and I'm right. telling you he's a number one guy. And I was like, that's. That's the voice of Speed Racer. Like, that's the original Speed Racer. And that gives me wow. kind of goosebumps hearing him say that stuff. Now, I, w- I want to say this, though, Joel. Like, okay. the way that this movie plays out, um, I feel like this movie is not unlike Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge. Uh, oh, my God. In, in this respect. And I want you to kind of go with me on this journey. Uh, that, okay. That th- this movie, for the first, like, 30 minutes, is so frantic and like breakneck speed and almost kind of mm-hmm. impossible to keep up with until you get to that scene with Emil Hirsch and Royalton, with Speed and Royalton. Right. And that scene with Speed and Royalton is almost like the elephant love medley in Moulin Rouge where it's like, Ooh. I really love this scene and this is kind of the heart of the movie and it's yeah. kind of the point in the movie where everything calms the fuck down for a little bit. <laughs> That's a good call. I'll agree with you too. Um, yeah, and as much as I admire the, the technology and the way it was shot, uh, the entire movie, like I said, on green screen, man, a lot of those effects up front just feel, it feels like a video game. It feels like a PS2 era video game. Uh-huh. You know, these these green screen sets. With, um, what was the one with Mark Hamill, like Wing Commander? Oh, yes. people are just walking oh my through God, yes. What is clearly not uh, existing. Yeah. Um, and it, I need something more real. I need more, more heart than that. And you're right. It, it, by the time we get to that scene, I, I, I was in. Uh-huh. It just took a while to get there. And, and I will throw out that 
I feel like the racing scenes, like the big race scenes, what are there, like four of them, maybe three or four, uh-huh. are the least interesting parts of the movie for me. Is I, it just me? Uh, like, I'd rather watch more scenes with the kid and the chimp no, than sneaking around trying to steal no. candy. No, I mean, if there was anything, I was really upset that the, the Spridal and Chim Chim scenes were, like, intercut. They were, like, intercut within the, the Speed and Royalton scene. I was like, yeah. you know, you are diffusing all of the fucking tension that's going on right. in the Speed and Royalton scene by cutting away to fucking Spridal and Chim Chim. This is horrible. Uh, <laughs> like, like, and that's, that's one of the things. When I'm developing this film you know, for live action, and I'm sitting around, and I don't know anything about Speed Racer. Sparky doesn't really serve a purpose, but okay, we need a grease monkey. Keep him in. That's fine. Uh-huh. But when you, when you bring the chimp, all right, we've got this little kid, <laughs> and he's going to constantly be following around a chimp, and they're going to communicate and talk to each other and get into hijinks. That's where I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's depart from the original uh, Speed Racer and, and, and get the chip out of here. First, it's going to be costly. Second uh-huh. of all, I don't know if you've ever been on a set with animals, but it's a pain. Kids and animals. Apparently, apparently there was an incident during the, uh, the shooting in this movie where uh, one of the chimp wranglers, there were two chimps playing the, uh, the role of, of Chim Chim. Is that what his name is? I think said? so. I think so, yeah. It's very, very original. It's, uh, it's good, good on you. Japan, <laughs> character Chim Chim. Um, I'm sure that was something lost in translation. That was probably on, on white round eye. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I, I probably would have left that out of the script, man, because I don't know that it fits in. This this movie exists in a weird reality um, where you're supposed to believe about you know the real emotions these characters are having, this real family. And yet these fantastical things are happening, and nobody addresses it. There's a fucking monkey hanging around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, He's just there. Where did the simian come it, from? It's it's um it's not it's not wholly unlike Scooby Doo, where it's like a bunch of a bunch <laughs> okay. of teenagers that are solving crimes with a fucking talking yeah. Great Dane. Like nobody right. addresses the fact that this dog fucking talks. But uh, but no, I get you, and and I do agree. I feel like the stuff with the kid, like there's some funny stuff, like when they're waking up and they're watching TV and they have their little Godzilla moment. I thought that was yes. cute. That's fun. The The problem is, again, I'm going to come back to it. As much as I love this movie, I'm going to admit that, like, they had a hard time balancing that out, that there's yeah. this, there's some heavy stuff going on in this movie, but they still wanted to make it fun for kids. <laughs> but uh, I don't know that it was. Yeah, I don't I know either. this movie is too long and too much plot, and... I think by this point, kids were jaded by the special effects. Like they, Everybody has a 360, Xbox 360. If you want to play a video game, you'll see a video game. You'll see stuff just as, as fantastical. Well, and, and how terrifying would it be for a child seeing this movie to watch that one part where like there's the bullet that goes into the fish tank and the guy tells the dude to put his finger in it? Oh, my God! I was shocked. Because <laughs> we've already seen what this... Because they set up with these piranhas. was like, piranhas in the fish tank and, yes. and what they do to... What did he put in there initially? Uh, like a, a, a what a, a, a turkey leg or something? Yeah, 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 something like that. And they just go to it and tear it, tear it to the just bone. Just a bare bone, and yes. Was, so you know what's going to happen to this poor guy's finger? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty gruesome yeah. for what is supposedly a, a children's film or a family film. Uh huh. And and then what follows is like this this pretty intense gunfight out on the road that looks like yeah. it was something uh, something out of Spy Hunter. Now, as somebody who. Man, I had such a huge collection of like Matchbox and Hot Wheels and stuff when I was a kid, and I would oh, yeah. make those. I would make those cars fly in the middle of the air and like you know run into each other and stuff. So watching this movie was a lot like you know just watching Matchbox cars run into each. You know, it was like somebody playing with sure. their Matchbox cars on the film. And so in that respect, I didn't mind it so much. I had fun with it. This um, yeah, 
it, it was it, it was it was fun escapism for the most part for it me. It was. I'd say the, the the risk you take in doing something like that, Joe, is that you don't like. I never did. You ever feel like anybody was in harm's way? You no. Know, forget about no. the foamy bubble that that surrounds them when they get into an accident. But like, there was never a point where I felt like he was in control of the car. I didn't understand how he's doing these things with a, with a wheel. Yeah. You know, he's he's basically flying a jet. But uh, you don't have the controls for that. Oh, Joel, the the uh, part and, when they, they when they have the first rally race in the in the uh, in the desert, and there's mm-hmm. like there you've got one car that's like swirling a freaking ball and chain around, and there's another car yes. that and one car just comes and starts trying to like leap towards one. Of, I think the the Asian driver guy and fucking yeah. Racer X out of nowhere just kind of like jumps up and gets in the way to kind of deflect yeah. it. How do you do that? I don't know. You just got to kind of fucking accept it. I have no I idea. But that's what I was talking about earlier. Where I'm like, it's kind of like a kung fu movie with cars. And if you sure. if you kind of go into it like going, all right, I guess I'm going to kind of accept that. It's a it's a movie that you can have fun with. Yeah, but at least with the kung fu movies, like the people are actually pretending to hit each other, and you're seeing the action happen. This you know everything happened in post. Uh, and so, I, I, again, I never really felt like anybody was in danger. I, no. it, it almost seemed like you could have taken the close-ups of them that they shot on green screen and put them in any sort of vehicle. Anything. Why they could have been in space um, and, and made the same type of movie. I don't so, disagree. I don't disagree with that. I do feel like the, the, the most movie, like, danger I want to see actual on... cars. Like, I want you to physically get out on a road and shoot some cars, uh-huh. and then you can green screen some stuff in. But I don't think there's an actual physical car that was built for this movie, do you? Uh, no, no, yeah. I, I don't. Well, maybe, maybe, a maybe, mock, mock maybe a mock, 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 mock five, uh, yeah. for when, when, uh, when speed and Trixie are just kind of hanging out in the car. That's right. Mock yeah. Good. So there, there may have been some stuff like that. No, I do got to admit, like the only time I really felt like anybody, the only time I felt any danger or imminent peril was mm-hmm. like scenes like speed and Royalton. That was the only time yes. like, I felt like Royalton was a real threat in that He's scene. Menacing. He was menacing. He was dangerous. It was like, whoa, you know, that, that's, that's pretty fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, you've got you, everything else. All the violence was very cartoony, especially, you know, when, when Pops finds out that Speed's in the rally and is like, you know what, if you're going to do this, we're going to do it as a family. And then they're staying in the hotel overnight or whatever, and the mm-hmm. ninjas show up, and there's the big fight scene there with Pops versus the ninjas. I do love that scene because <laughs> that felt very uh, Scott Pilgrimy because yes. they're doing some cool things with the background and slow mo. It looks uh-huh. like it feels like a comic book. Yes. Um, well, no, I mean there are a I lot of comparisons of I think that can be drawn between this movie and Scott Pilgrim from a oh, tech, from a technical standpoint, especially. Yes. Although, and here's a larger topic I want to bring up um, because we're talking about you know how this is oh it's it's a comic book movie and the color palette feels like comic book movie. And there's a, a few other films that have done this. Joe, I don't know that that's something that can be done or, or should be attempted. Um, I don't feel like it. I, the oldest movie I can think of that, that attempted to do this was Dick Tracy. Uh-huh. Uh, do you remember the original Dick Tracy? Or original. Like the original? Sequel, yeah. yeah, with Warren Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> based on an old comic or graphic novel. Um, it was just a, they, Dick, Dick Tracy was just a, like a, a newspaper serial. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um but they tried to mimic the color palette, and everybody had like these, you know, uh, angular, uh, solid, yeah, yeah, very much so. They were making up the villains so that they had like grotesque features, uh-huh. uh, and, and just the color palette, palette in general. And, and I get what they were trying to do. Again, admirable. But I don't think it worked for Dick Tracy, and in some ways, I don't think 
I don't think that's something we should be attempting to do. Uh, 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 another movie is uh, I think the Hulk. You, I think or, you've, or, uh, the I, original Hulk. I think you have Hulk. to pick and choose. I think you have to pick and choose with the project because I do agree. I don't think it worked for Dick Tracy. I don't think it worked yeah. for the Hulk. Uh, I don't think it worked for Alec Baldwin's The Shadow. <laughs> it definitely, uh, it definitely like didn't shadow, work actually. for that. We should do the shadows. Oh my God! Yeah, we should. Uh, but I, I do think, I do think that it worked for movies like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think that it, it, you know, okay. playing around with with the color palettes and trying to make it a little bit more like larger than life. Because not only in Toontown, but even in, you know, in 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 Hollywood. It, you know, yeah. they, they, they kind of made it a little bit larger than life, a little bit more colorful, and make the, made okay. it pop. And I think it worked for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, but that, that movie's a very special case. I mean, a movie like that comes, yes. a, comes along once in a lifetime, you know? Oh, my God. They can never do that again. No, it'll never be no. Again. It'll, it'll never happen. Uh, but then you also look at movies like uh, going back to Scott Pilgrim. I think Scott yeah. Pilgrim's kind of like a perfect storm where, you know, things kind of just, it all came together in a perfect way. And you know, the difference, though, with Scott Pilgrim is that um, they use those effects as, as more of a metaphor. And so you, you get the idea that that movie is somewhere in reality or, or in alternate reality. Those things happen to that character. This is his interpretation of it through his mind. Well, thanks, like, you know, thanks in, to... In one way, spit out through this comic book filter. Thanks to stronger um, source material. You know, you had you had a lot more deliberate source material with Scott Pilgrim that told the yeah. story, whereas with Speed Racer, you had a cartoon, and so then crazy ass Wachowski brothers got together, mm-hmm. and we're like, uh, how do we make this into a cohesive two hour story? <laughs> I don't know. Let's just give uh, let's give a car a ball and chain that it can swing around. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and so no, I I you know what I have to disagree. Like just from from my from my level of, of enjoyment, just for, mm-hmm. from my point of view. I enjoy the races. I see where you're coming from, though. I don't think you're wrong, uh, but I enjoy them. I enjoy the races. Uh, I I enjoy what was going on again with the speed and Royalton stuff. The the Spridle and Chim scenes I could have done without. Um, you know what? Although I gotta say that kid, that kid is so fucking fantastic. Yeah, he might be the my favorite part of the movie. Oh, really? When you take into it, he is so good. That kid is so good. Has he gone on to do anything else? I don't know. I'm Since sure he has. It's only been five years. He looks very um, familiar. He's fantastic. He brings the right amount of, of comedy, but yet still believability to his character. And, I, and when you think about the fact that he's probably shooting all of those scenes alone. Like, I don't know that the chimp was with him side by side. Get the yeah. feeling they green screened a lot of that stuff in after the fact, shot uh-huh. him separately. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you think about that he's reacting to nothing... And he's he's carrying these major scenes on his own. He man, <laughs> the only times I laughed out loud in this movie were uh, were because of that kid's title. Oh yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. Well, I laughed out loud with the with some of the young speed scenes where you know the, the you've got young Ariel Winter playing uh, yeah. playing little Trixie. And they're talking. They're talking about speed, and speed's driving by, and he's he sees her for the first time, and he just drives into some fucking bushes. Oh, look at that! Love it. It's 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 Fergie. Uh, yeah, sorry, got uh, dogs at the park. That means the uh, the Chinese delivery guys here at uh, my, my dinner. But I'm, the, I'm Chi- power through. the Chinese delivery guys here, and apparently he's upset that the food is still alive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Oh, <laughs> no, but um, hello. I was saying, no. you make me drive on icy road. I hope you tipped <laughs> well, him well. A- you tipped him well, right? Yeah, yeah, we will. we're taking care of him. I was, I was, I'm, I'm a twenty percenter, Joe. That's what I do. Yeah, you are. Isn't that the standard now? Just the tip. 
<laughs> Apologize about that. All right, we're safe. It's gone. All right. So where were we before you? I don't remember at all. Oh, um, no, that that kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kid who played Young Speed, and like there yeah. was some, there was some fun stuff going on with them too, uh, when when they were younger, you know. And uh, it, there was, I think that I think they succeeded. I think the Wachowski succeeded. You know, it's it's very tough to to cast kid actors, and I think they did a pretty decent job with that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. He, again, was my favorite part of the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, my least favorite part of the movie, Joe. In contrast. Um, the scene with uh, we haven't even really talked about Susan Sarandon. Actually, we haven't talked about the family at all. John are, are you gonna father. are you gonna are you gonna call out the scene where Susan Sarandon talks about how he creates art? Uh, were you as, were you eye rolling as much as I was during that? I kind of love that. Just scene. like what you do out there is is beautiful. I and kind you're of, making art. And I like, kind of love that uh, scene. I kind of love that yeah. that that. Bit. Well, sell me on it though, because I I don't buy. First of all, I don't know that the type of driving he's doing can be considered art. Well, I don't. I don't and when when I watch that scene, I don't so much consider what she's saying or what she's talking about. Just literally him driving, but yeah. him him doing what he loves, and that he's doing what he loves and he does it well, and that sh- that makes her proud. That what she what okay. he's doing is art. And the thing is, I when I hear when I see that scene, I might be biased. When I see that scene, I hear my mother's voice and. The, the things that she she and I would talk about when she would come see my theater stuff, uh, you know, when she would come see when I had my own theater company and we would do our improv shows or our stage shows and we would talk about things afterwards and she would, you know, give her impressions of it and she would say kind of the same things where she's like, you know, I just get such a, I get a kick out of watching what you do. I'm so proud of you, you know, and seeing what you do and you're doing what you no. love to do and, you know. So yes, it, but, but what you do actually is art. Like technically, but you know, but the thing is, is, but the art. thing is, that's you know, you can take what she's saying at face value and look at it literally, or you could try to look at it from a more abstract point of view. And the thing is, you know, I can't tell you how you're supposed to take that. You know, who knows? The Wachowskis could have written it and been like, no, she's talking about him racing a fucking car, and that, that could be exactly what it's supposed to mean. Uh, I feel like you that. know, that's the old. I can only take it the way that I take it. Uh, but no, I I love the scene, but it's for for a very personal reason. No, okay, I get you, and and I, I appreciated what it was going for. I just felt like it was a little out of out of left field. And again, you know, let's let's calm down, folks. You know, he's not he's not fucking Picasso. Like he's he's making a perpetual left turn around the track. <laughs> I don't know, um, man. He does some impressive stuff. Like you know, like when when Tom Cruise in Days <laughs> the of Thunder. Computers made him do the Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder that. says there's nothing he can't do with a race car. Uh, he he hasn't met fucking Speed <laughs> Racer, man. Uh, no, so, but I will say this. I, I feel like Susan Sarandon, y- you can't mm. deny that this is a very talented actress. And oh, I love her. I think, th- I think the bigger crime is she really doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. I know. It's kind of disappointing. She shows up. She has that one scene, and that's her big yeah, posture scene. Yeah, that's basically then, it. Uh, everywhere else, she just kind of steps in, or she's, she's, she's in the scene, but doesn't have anything to contribute. Uh-huh. I think she did it for the outfits, because everybody... Is kind of in a '60s era, you know. Again, bright color palette. She's got kind of the the Betty Draper haircut going on. Yeah, um, I think she pro- probably did it just to just to get in the hair and makeup. Right. No, that's that's true. That's true. So so, um, do you have any other notes on this? Did you have any? Let's see. I, I okay. I didn't rewind this. I should have. But did the did Chim Chim at one point 
throw his own feces at somebody? Uh, Did I see that correctly, Joe? I, th- I think I think yes. <laughs> I, it's never addressed. Yes. It's it's implied. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure some of the younger kids maybe thought it was chocolate pudding, but um, yeah. <laughs> Scatological Fucking humor is fun. Through his shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. I can't, All right. So I, that's the type of movie we're. In I, for. I I can't defend that. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, Joe. I I. I, I I don't want to backtrack and say I didn't like it because it, 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 it's enjoyable. It's great eye candy, man. Uh-huh. If you uh, you want to pour yourself a little something, something, a little smart, smart cocktail, yeah, and uh, sit sit back and just enjoy the ride. Literally, um, this is this is a great movie for that. I don't know that it should have been two hours long. I felt like by the time we got to that fourth last race, I was I was totally over it. I was yeah. Like, All right, how are they going to top you know the fantastical things that have happened in the first three? Why? Why are we even going? Why, why didn't the movie end earlier? It definitely did not need to be. It didn't need to be that many. Yeah. It didn't need to be that long. We didn't need that many races yeah. in the Especially course of. If you want it to be a family movie, like you got to keep that to a tight ninety minutes, right? Expecting the kids to not wriggle in their seats. I also think that uh, I don't know if they had any plans to try to franchise this out. The story wasn't mm-hmm. told in such a way that it seemed like they were going to. Uh, so no. I kind of I think everybody knew this was a yeah. one and done sort of film. So I kind of wish that they would have focused the story a little bit more around being more definitive about that you know that Racer X was Rex. Yeah, yeah, it, they threw that in at the at the very end. Uh-huh. And, and see me not knowing the backstory, I wasn't sure whether he was or not. They sure were trying very hard to make it seem like he was. Well, yeah, well of course uh, he is. You know, it's Racer X is basically Rex Racer backwards. Right. Yeah. So. Ooh! Oh man! I didn't even pick up on that. Shit. You've never, <laughs> you, you never, you never figured that. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that far into it. There you go. Um, what? Uh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, the whole time I was like, well, surely they would recognize him, even though he's, you know, just wearing his, half of his face is obscured. You would recognize your own child, you would think. And of course, they they wrap that up at the end and say, oh yeah, plastic surgery after the uh, the stage death. Yeah. Like, all right. That seems a little. Is that how it was in the cartoon? I, I can only yes. assume it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know. Like, th- even the whole plastic surgery side story, or is that something they I don't, I don't think the plastic surgery back. side story. No. Because <laughs> yeah. in a cartoon, you could just get away with drawing him differently. Right. Um, yeah. I think they, they, tried to, they tried to play off a little bit more. Um, because when they first said that, like, that, that Matthew Fox was going to be Racer X, like, I was like, mm-hmm. hell yes. If you were to see, like, an old picture of Racer X from the cartoon. And, yes. then, and then see Matthew Fox, you're like, yeah, that dude looks exactly like fucking Racer X. Um, Unfortunately, I think they were casting a little bit more for the look and not enough for the talent. And not enough for the talent. I was talent. not a fan of him. Yeah, dude, what is up with Matthew Fox? Like, uh, the, I just don't think he's very good in general. Yeah. I, I, even in Lost, his, his seminal role, I'm, I'm not a fan. He was my least favorite character in Lost. Agreed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because he was always so dumb. He always felt like he was like three steps behind. Uh-huh. I just want to like reach the TV and fucking shake him. Almost like he was supposed to die like within the first couple episodes or something. <laughs> Careful. Oh, by the, lightly, Jeff. by the way, I did. I found the chronologically cut lost for you whenever you're ready to get it. Oh, great! Whenever yeah. I have 65 hours of my life, to, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that, you, that you'd like to go back through it. Um, all right, so so I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear your criticisms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't disagree. I do not disagree. Uh, and I kind of think like, you know how I said earlier as we were starting this off, how I would tell people you just don't get it. Joel, I think you get it. I know. I think. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I think you get it. Uh, and 
I, there's really nothing I can I can't I can't refute your criticisms um, yeah. because they're valid. <laughs> they're valid, and they're the same yeah. things. When I'm watching the movie, I'm like, Ugh. but I still by the end of that movie when he does when Speed has his final line and he says, "Get that weak ass shit off my track." And he yeah. fucking and he goes through and like the the colors just explode on the damn screen and yep. like I am filled with so like so many feels I got goosebumps I'm cheering <laughs> I love it I love that I I just I adore this movie um, yeah but it's a good fist bumping ending and uh, yeah the when he's when he's racing towards the finish line and they go into like that kind of two thousand one infinity yes. effect which coming towards you. You feel like you're about to have an epileptic seizure, man. Well, he, he goes in, he goes into a ludicrous speed is what he does. From, <laughs> That's uh, right. From space from, balls. Uh, yeah, exactly. It went flat. <laughs> uh, all right. So what did you think that Speed Racer did right? Are you going with the little kid, Spritel? I still got to go with the little kid. I'm telling you, every time he's on screen, I love the scenes. He's, he's so just perfect and, and precocious. Um, but not too cutesy. Uh-huh. But man, his line delivery and just believability. And again, think about him like sitting in a room alone with a bunch of forty-year-old dudes. You know, one's holding a boom mic and one's got a camera. To be able to separate yourself yeah. from you know reality and, and act. Mm-hmm. That's that's quite a talent. That's oh, kid, yeah. uh, that kid's going places. This ten-year-old kid. This the... ten-year-old kid did what Mark Hamill did for the entirety of Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good call. You're right. Yeah. Acting against the other. Well, well, but I would take it even a step further because at least the puppet was there. He could look at the puppet. Yeah. I don't think that uh, orangutan or any of the, the, the sets were actually. Yeah. Well, obviously, a lot of those sets aren't real. <laughs> Joe, Joe are, you, are you aware of a lot of those sets were? <laughs> you don't say. Uh, what, did, right. what, did, what did Speed Racer get wrong? <sighs> I don't want to say Matthew Fox because his role is, is somewhat inconsequential. in the Well, not so much into the plot, but nobody's pointing him out as the highlight of the movie, I would say, right? Yeah, Dare yeah. I say Razor X? No, no. Or, or is he here? Okay. So no, he's, gotta, he's definitely gotta... him and Inspector Detector. No, they're not the highlights <laughs> of the movie. So I'm, I'm going to go with the, the, the races themselves. The fact that you never really felt like anybody was in any danger. I would have liked to have them for them. Jesus, at least in episode one, you know, Star Wars, they constructed some of the pods and they're physically there. I would have liked to have seen a little more reality in those. I never felt like there were any stakes. There was and, a, there was a lack and, of practical. You know, in yeah. a fucking movie called Speed Racer, you know the racing should be the most important part, and and I found them wearying. Yeah, like they were they were wearing on me. So the word wearying, sure. I got you. I got you. Sure. <laughs> I, there was a lack of practical, and and uh, you know you know me. I I do dig when if you can throw some practical effects in there, that's just gonna yeah, it's gonna add to the illusion. It's gonna add to the believability yeah. of of your project. I agree with that. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jeff? Best I, thing worth saying? I think what Speed Racer got right. I think if you're going to make uh, if you're going to translate an anime into a film, I think mm-hmm. visually. They they did a pretty damn good job with it, you know. Especially yeah. going back to the Royalton Speed scene where they were going back and the, you know, they're talking about the forty three Grand Prix and how that was actually fixed the entire time, and talking oh, about yeah. Ben Burns and how Ben Burns knew how that race was going to end up, and so you and your father were just idiots because you were cheering for mm-hmm. the heart of racing and you had no idea, you know, this is my religion. Oh God, I love that monologue, <laughs> but just the way yeah, that that whole thing is, the way that whole thing is filmed, and just the like. I felt more like my 
my heart was just like leaping out of my chest and I was just invigorated <laughs> watching that scene. That had so much more, like as much movement and as much motion and excitement as any of the races in the movie. And, it yeah. was, and this was a scene with just two people talking, you know, just sparring mm-hmm. verbally with one another. I thought that yeah. was great. Uh, what I think this movie did wrong, and I touched on it earlier, was just the imbalance of how they would intercut Spridle and Chim Chim in this stuff. I liked the kid yeah. who played Spridle. I just think that, you know, in the middle of, of Royalton talking about unassailable power of money and then cutting to fucking Spridle and Chim Chim on a okay, cart sugar high. playing air guitar on a sugar high, yeah, that's not exactly <laughs> the right place to put something like that. Um, yeah. and, and also... This movie would introduce new characters like a little late. <laughs> we would suddenly oh be. Oh my God, so it, many characters. We... The, well, at the end, okay, so I, I confession, I watched this, sorry to interrupt. I watched this movie in, in installments because it was so long. So I probably had three different watching sessions. And by the time I watched the last act with the uh, the Asian girl who comes and gives him the invitation, yes. she's the brother. And I, I found myself scratching my head. I was like, all right, who is she again? Where did she get introduced? She's she's the sister of the guy right. who was in the truck. And But they don't do a good, I don't think they do a good enough job spelling this out for the audience. We kind of need a little bit more of an explanation uh, because that whole, I don't even like, know who that character's name was. No, no. They yeah. say it once. Um, yeah, it's like. Orinoco Flow or something like that. So, so there, there was a little bit of a problem Actually, with that. Actually, I think that's an Enya song, but close enough. Touching, touching a little bit on the production thing, I did want to ask you that. As, as someone who does quite a bit of shooting yourself, you are aware of that little thing called the 180 rule. Oh, breaking the 180 rule. And this, oh, yeah. this movie does kind of break the 180 rule every once in a while. Where it you, does. You've, but, but they do it deliberately. You can tell they do it deliberately in a stylistic way where you see heads talking and they're kind of like fading in and out. And, and then, like, they're kind of coming in and panning into the scene, and you see people talking, and they're kind of facing the same way, but then suddenly they're facing each other, and then suddenly yeah. they're facing different directions. How did you feel about that? You know, the way they did it, I didn't mind, because they're varying from close-up to medium shot. And again, it's, it's building off of the this... It's almost like you're reading a comic book. Everything is always moving from left to right, and there are layers, you know, in the film of what's happening. You've got the background, which is usually showing a, a representation of whatever the character is talking about. You have the middle ground, which is usually the person listening or talking. And then you have the extreme foreground, which is usually just somebody's head yeah. wiping across. Uh, just real quick for the uninitiated, the, the 180 rule is when uh, you, you, you know, if you've got, if, if we're talking about a war movie and there's a guy shooting a gun and he's on the left side of the screen and his gun is facing right, you always have to cut to the guy who's running towards him, who's on the screen right, facing left. Yeah. And when you start to, Turn that around, it's hard to... You, the, the audience loses uh, context for yeah. where they are in the scene. <laughs> Jeff's, the Jeff, Jeff's giving you the, the, the confused puppy head tilt. So just to kind of oh, build, off of, build off of what Joel just said. <laughs> Do it better. So, so a guy... All right. Um, if, let's say, uh, Luke Skywalker. All right? Okay. L- Luke Skywalker is... All right, Luke Skywalker's on the little ledge in the Empire Strikes Back. Darth mm-hmm. Vader is kind of... He's holding his hand out to him. Darth Vader's on, if you're looking at the screen, Darth Vader's on the left side of the screen. Right. Luke Skywalker's on the right, which makes sense because Darth Vader is opposing and Luke Skywalker is the hero. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and that, that's just getting into the basics. But basically, okay, so Darth Vader's reaching out. He reaches out his left hand to Luke Skywalker in this frame. 
All right, and, and he's reaching out. He's he is on. If you're looking at the screen, and I'm I'm talking to you, Jeff. He, if you're looking at the screen, <laughs> if you're looking at the screen, Darth Vader's on your left, and he reaches out his hand. It stretches out right. When you cut to Luke, Luke will be on the right side of the screen. Yes, it's because you can't have Luke be on the left side as well. Because that's going to be like, what? What, what it, side is he on? This is it, so disorienting. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where like, every audience member knows when you break the rule because it feels wrong. Uh-huh. Um, and, and they probably don't, couldn't put their finger on it, or maybe they could, but didn't know that there was a name to it. But uh, when they're doing stuff with 360-degree motion the, the way that this film does and those scenes do, uh-huh. I give it a pass. Yeah. Listen, my thing with... Um, rules like that uh, somebody has a quote where it's like you know you, you have to know the rules before you can break them rules are, are more suggestions they're more gu- guidelines yeah um and i somebody did a write-up there was some film professor did a write-up on that one scene in the dark night uh you know that chase scene with the truck you know oh, talking yeah. about in the Batmobile. Yep. yep yeah and he was just poking holes through everything and it's like well this wouldn't be here and this would never happen because but and i feel like he was following more the letter of the law than the spirit of the law because yes everything he's saying is true but i still think that scene works it's just i a, uh i disagree with you i that's really that's actually i love the dark knight but i that mm-hmm. scene bothers me because i feel like it's it's of that movie which i think is fantastic that that scene is so disorienting because i have no idea where anyone is in relation to each other and i think it's because they break the 180 rule I have no fucking clue where they're going. I have no clue where they are. Suddenly, they just end up. Yeah, I uh, I hear what you're saying. You're right. Technically, you're right. Uh, but I, I I wonder if you would ask any other person who, who didn't know what that rule was or, uh-huh. or any of these laws of film if they noticed anything weird about that gotcha. scene. Well, and I think most people don't. So I think as long as it plays to uh, you know a, a crowd and they're not they don't feel disoriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you did. Yeah. I can, and, and, person. and I can only I can only tell you from my point of view. Like I can only give yeah, you my opinion on it. Uh, all right. So if we were to remake Speed Racer, oh. uh, recast it, uh, what would you do with it? Let's see. Uh, I only have one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know how many you have. I basically just have the family. I have nine. Royalton. I have nine. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, well, let me do the parents first. So we had Susan Sarandon and uh, John Goodman playing the father, and, and I don't even know the character's name. Mrs. Racer names? and Pops. Is Pops, right? Okay. Uh, I like, uh, in the Susan Sarandon role, how about Diane Lane from Under the Tuscan Sun? Nice. Kind of has that motherly feel, but uh-huh. still uh, would rock that bob and that 60s style uh, dress. Uh, John Goodman? <sighs> I have a toss-up here, because my initial reaction was to go with Nick Offerman. <laughs> but but I think instead, I think uh, I think John C. Riley would do a good job nice. uh, in that role. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he can he can play the the heavy scenes well, and I haven't really seen Nick Offerman do that too much, uh, but maybe that's just me. So so there's the the family, um, the uh, Racer X, the Matthew Fox character. By the way, he he was a contender for uh, worst thing about this movie. I thought he was awful. Um, <laughs> maybe if he was in it more, <laughs> then, then he would <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, maybe if you uh, cast Bradley Cooper in that role, it'd give him a meteor role. That would have been that. Uh, yeah. Bradley Cooper is Racer X. I almost went that uh, way with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Christine Ritchie character we, we we barely touched on Trixie. Trixie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I don't know how to pronounce this girl's name correctly. I hope I'm doing it. Uh, it's Lindsay Fonseca. Fonseca. I don't know. You know who I'm talking about? Nope. Okay, so she is the girlfriend in Kickass. She is also uh, 
in How I Met Your Mother. You she's know, the daughter, yeah, in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, she's the daughter. She's there. also um, in the first Hot Tub Time Machine. There you go, yes. Yeah. Also in that. Um, smoking hot, I think. I hope she's 18 and I can say that. She is, uh, yes. But pretty cute and I think could fit in well in this in this movie. You know what? And while I'm touching on that, Christina Ricci did a really good job. I think she was one of the Agreed. few actors who was able to I think she got it. The, the style. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is those, those bug guys just looking right at you. She's got huge eyes. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I like her in that role. Who else do I have? Uh, Royalton, of course, the, the villain, the best character in this movie. Easily. Tell me if you've ever seen uh, this actor play a villain. Has, has Patrick Stewart ever been a villain in, yes. in a movie? In a, in a movie called Gunman with uh, Christopher Lambert and Mario Van Peebles. Oh my God, Mario Van Yeah, I've never heard of that. And I, in a movie called um, uh, Mastermind, and it was kind of like Die Hard for Kids. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like in a prep school, a little kid, in a, a kid in a prep school. His sister was still That's in the school, right. and Patrick well, Stewart played my, the bad for guy. Well, for my money, he hasn't done it enough, and I think he would just uh, chew up the scenery in yes. a movie like this. So Agreed. Got Jean Luc Picard in that role, and then uh, finally the, the the titular role, Speed Racer, the Emil Hirsch character. Uh, I gotta go Zach Efron, dude. <laughs> I think he's got the look. He's kind of a pretty boy. He's about, about the right age. Uh-huh. And uh, he's uh, not, a, not a bad actor in his own right. Zach that's, Efron. That's good. That's a good bit of casting, man. Who's, uh, that's my casting. How about you, bud? Who's directing it? Uh, George Lucas. George Lucas. <laughs> you can you can only go up with a movie like this. Uh, at least he's he's familiar with with uh, you know directing actors on a green screen. So uh, let's get him get him away from ILM. Get him uh, back into some live action. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna go from the bottom up here. I I recast Ben Burns, the Richard Roundtree character. Oh shit. Uh, with Billy D. Williams. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Sparky, the the mechanic. I recast. Yeah. Uh, you might know him from all of the fucking Neil Blomkamp movies. Uh, Charlto Copley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. Wait a minute. He's way too old for that role. No, is he? Well, isn't Sparky supposed to be like a like a younger he's, grease monkey? He's a mechanic. I don't know if it really de- it, it determined how old he needs to be. Okay. Man, um, I love that dude. He can do no wrong. Okay, so in the part of Mrs. Racer, mm-hmm. I, I went with Gina Davis. Ooh, that was my that was my uh, my follow up. Yeah, that's good. Uh, good with with pops, with pops, uh, I kind of uh, went with uh, something a little bit close to John Goodman. In fact, they shared mm-hmm. some screen time in a movie uh, we like to call The Big Lebowski. I, went with I knew it. Jeff Bridges for pops. <laughs> um, for uh, for racer, well, actually for Racer X and Rex, I decided to cast two people like they did in this movie. For Rex. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jensen Ackles from Supernatural fame. Uh, of course. And oh, yeah, he'd be great. In, in, for Racer X, I'm really surprised you didn't go this route, JGL. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Don't think I didn't think about it. <laughs> uh, I, he he would have been a good speed racer, come to think of it. Uh, he, he wouldn't have been bad. He wouldn't have been bad, but I think this guy would have been a much better speed racer, uh, getting some attention with uh, Fury and also some talk now that he might be the next Spider-Man Logan Lerman, I'm a huge fan of this kid. Uh-huh. I'm singing this kid's praises. I think he's fantastic. And you know what? She played young Trixie. Why not make her play older Trixie now? Ariel Winter, bringing her back <laughs> to play the older version of her character. And then rounding it out, Mr. Royalton, played by Simon Pegg. Uh, oh, my God. So great. Yep. And then, oh. and then directing it, his buddy, Edgar Wright. 
Oh, oh well, of course, yeah. This is a movie that you're right. It, it's almost too cliche. So there you go. There you go. We. If you have any thoughts about how you would recast Speed Racer or what we had to say about Speed Racer or anything that we missed about Speed Racer, uh, or if you want to talk about the Oscars, see what we thought about the Academy Awards this year. I was just going to ask you about that, Joe. I'm surprised we didn't start off this episode with yeah, Oscar talk. Well, I, I don't know if there's anything that we need to talk about. Nothing to say? Well, I didn't watch it, uh, not because I was boycotting, just because I had, I had a prior engagement, but... Um, no surprises in the way that it turned out, and uh, although I was glad to see Whiplash get a lot of love, yeah, wanted to walk away with four or five. Yeah, I think uh, it, I think four. I thought I thought four. They, they got a lot of those technical, like the audio mixing and editing, and, and yeah. of course J.K. Simmons. I'm so glad Simmons to see that guy get his due. He is fantastic, guys. If you haven't, that was my favorite movie uh, uh, of last year, at least of the Oscar-nominated bunch. Yeah, um, check out Whiplash if it comes to, so, to DVD scene. So good, intense. Um, I, uh, you know, I, obviously, I, I'm on the, the anti-boyhood train, so, so yeah. that, that kind of made me fairly unpopular with some of my friends, and, uh, and that's, <laughs> that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, Birdman, which you know I liked the most out of the Oscar-nominated movies, yeah. was the one that took it home, and I'm happy about that. I think that Birdman's a fantastic film. Um, I was kind of unhappy with what happened with the animated feature. I thought if Lego yes. Movie wasn't Ugh. going to win, I thought How to Train Your Dragon 2 was pretty much what should have what should have taken it uh i kind of feel like big hero six pretty forgettable as far as uh as far as the yeah. movies go in that category but yeah. you know what i don't need your awards to validate how i feel about movies so uh that's right uh, that's that's why we have the eddies <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go uh Just but no, as prestigious if you have if you have thoughts about uh, what we've had to say here today on the show, just uh, let us know on our Facebook page. You go to Facebook and in the search bar, put in the editing bay, find the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. And uh, and you can share your thoughts and uh, and ideas for movies that you'd like us to take a look at in the future. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is not the editing bay, not edit bay. It is editingbay.com. You can go there and find out all about the show. See some pics from that live show we did last year. Got another one coming up in 2015. Uh, and uh, anything... Uh, that, that we may have going on. You will, you will hear there first. Uh, also, you can hear uh, about stuff on our Twitter uh, handle, which is at The Editing Bay. So follow us at The Editing Bay and uh, visit our website at editingbay.com. When you download us on your podcasting app or through iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you gave us a rating and a review, five-star rating, most preferable, and a review that's going to help us, uh, you know, kind of get some sponsorships for this thing. And, uh, and start making some money. We do enjoy doing this thing, but we do it for free. We do it on our mm-hmm. own dime. And, uh, and it gets, uh, gets kind of costly with, uh, with maintenance and website fees and all that stuff. And it makes it a lot easier for when we want to do our live shows because <laughs> that stuff comes out of our pocket as well. Yeah. Uh, and that gets super expensive. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it would really help if you take the time not just to give us a rating, but also our other shows on the Next Wave Radio Network. we got My Comic mm-hmm. Life with Sam and Jeff, The 8-Bit Gladiators with Jeff, John, and Jay, uh, my uh, MVP, The Most Valuable Podcast, with uh, Daniel and uh, Matthew Fisher and myself. Well, this past week we talked about uh, WWE leading up to Fastlane and also some talk about baseball and A-Rod writing his little apology letter and all that ridiculousness. Uh, also on the network, Jeff and I went on a mandate with uh, my friend Stephanie and saw Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, no. <laughs> and you can check out that right now on the Editing oh, Bay channel. Kidding? 
Yeah, no, that's on right now on the Editing Bay channel. That's the latest episode of Afternoon Delight. In fact, that should be on the channel right underneath this episode. Uh, So you should check that out. We do appreciate you listening. And uh, next week, Joel, I think um, we're going to check out what? Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, because you you alluded to uh, seeing the sequel, right? You guys got to check right. out the sequel. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so figured uh, let's let's go ahead and revisit the first one. Do revisit. our own little time warp and uh, revisit <laughs> that, some time machine, which right. I have not seen in its entirety yet. Uh, so this will be a new experience for me. This will be this will be fun then. So okay, so uh, next week we'll be doing Hot Tub Time Machine, and uh, Jeff and I will try to get Hot Tub Time Machine two underway, and uh, and that's it. I think we're done. You try to stay yeah. warm out there. Joel, stay safe. We'll do. Hey, thanks for putting up with me. Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties. But uh, barring another ice again, I will we'll be face to face at this time next week. Uh in cheek to cheek. Mm-hmm. But ass cheek. cheek. <laughs> 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 we'll talk to you later, man. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.